This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. And it reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us pray. Grace to God, we come this day asking that you would speak to us. And then, God, that you would speak through us that we would be your vessels used by you to do your will, your way, that you may get all the praise, honor, and the glory. Bless us that we can be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Jesus says to us in Matthew 28, what we call the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples. Go and make disciples. We have talked about it. We have preached about it. We've thought about it. We've prayed about it. We've considered it. We've done a whole lot around the Great Commission. We believe, I believe we all believe, when Jesus said you ought to go and make disciples, I believe we all are in agreement with what the Lord said we ought to do. Well, well, let me just take a survey. All who in favor of what Jesus said do, raise your hands. All right, that's just about everybody. All right. Now, I've heard it said before, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, let me help you with that. God said it, that settles it. It'll be nice if you believed it. But God said it, and his word is true. So when he tells us in this commission to go, He's telling us to go. And I know we're wondering well, when, go, how, go, why, go, we, all that kind of stuff. This going is vitally important to the mission of his church. Yeah. This is how we strive for excellence in kingdom building. Because it's about doing what the Lord wants us to do. This is something we all know we ought to do. But for some reason, we keep failing to do. You know, a lot of times we think that we need to come and worship and learn more, more of what God wants us to do, learn more of who we are in God. We need to learn more, teach me, teach me, teach me. I'm of the opinion, like Dr. Winford Hope has said many times. He said that um, to pastors, to churches, to members, everybody that comes, he said, you don't need to know more about God. You just need to do what you already know. He said, God looking for some saints with some sense. Now, we ought to have sense enough to know that we need to follow Jesus. We ought to have sense enough that when he tells us to, that we ought to go and make disciples, we ought to go. Yeah. We all know that we ought to do this, but 
I'm saying we fail in to do it. Now you're saying, Pastor, you can't, you don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm going all the time. I'm making disciples everywhere. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm overjoyed. You can help some of us who are not doing it and show us how to better do what you're doing. So I'm this not indictment on anybody, but I'm just saying. And, and if we all are going, we should never ever have a Sunday morning, a first Sunday morning, when we're not baptizing somebody. Because we all are going. Um, who go? He's, Jesus said, you go. All of us go. We ought to go and make disciples. When go? <laughs> you ought to go now. Where go? We ought to go everywhere. But why go? And, and that's what I want to touch on, and I'm done, because I know we're a little behind time. I'm going to just touch on why go, why, why, why we ought go. Because if we recognize that we ought go, sometimes we don't go until we really understand why we ought to do something. Now, when I was growing up, and your parents told you to do something, the one thing you did not ask them was, but I know that's old school. So now, in order to get us to do stuff, but Thorne, in order to get us to do stuff, us need to know why I got to do it. And then once I learn why I ought to do it, I still might do it. <laughs> but it's more than one to deal with why we ought to do it and, and understand what God has placed within us to get this job done. First of all, we were designed to go. Yeah, we were literally created to go. God made us for the express purpose of getting his will done. We have been equipped to go. And that's once we've made up our mind to come to Christ, when we've come to Jesus, when we've given our life to him, once we've made up our mind to come to him, he has equipped us to go for him. Everything about us. Listen, we have to understand that when we've said, Father, I have sinned. God, I've sinned. I'm, I'm sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. When we invite him into our lives, we have invited Christ into our lives, but, but more importantly saying, we have invited the presence of the Holy Spirit into our lives. Along with the Holy Spirit comes the fruit of the Spirit. And when we've invited the Holy Spirit into our lives, we invited God into our lives, and God begins to transform us to be everything he wants us to be. There's a transformation that takes place. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12 and 2. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So in our minds, we ought to learn of him. But we're not learning just to learn. We're learning to be transformed. And if we are as saints, if we as Christians, as if we are those who have come to know Christ, if we are transformed, the evidence of our transformation is when we are in the process of transforming others. It didn't happen just so I could have it. Yeah. It, it didn't happen just so you could have it. You, you heard me say a thousand and one times that God meant more for you once you got saved than for just you to be saved and go to heaven. Because if he just wanted you saved to go to heaven, when you got saved, he would have killed you. And you would have gone to heaven. So it is about heaven, but it's not only about heaven. He has this longing for others who do not know him. So he tells us to go. Now we do go. We go a lot of places. 
we experience a lot of things. Sometimes we end up places that we know we were going. But we went. Sometimes you got places that didn't know why you were there. But you were there. Let me let you know something right here, right now. From this day forward, keep this in mind. Wherever you have been, wherever you are, wherever you're going, God is definitely in the picture. And it's going to work out for your good. If you love God. You don't have to regret about anything if you love God. Because the Bible says, and we know, that what things? All things work together for good for those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. We go a lot of places. You go shopping. I said we go shopping. Amen, Sister Tiffany. I thought I got the amen right. We go dancing. We just go. We go. We go a lot of places. But the fact that we're going means that there's a potential for wherever we have gone. That's right. Say preach, Pastor. We all right. <laughs> the fact is for wherever we have gone and wherever we go, we have an opportunity to witness for the Lord. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get too deep with this, but some of us might have to admit that we go some places that we conscientiously know that there are people there who don't know Jesus. Don't raise your hand, I'm just talking. I mean, you just happen to be in the company of other folk. And I'm not talking about who just don't go to church. I'm talking about folk who don't have a relationship with Christ. You are strategically placed there. Let me say that again. I know you thought you were sneaking, dipping and dodging. But I want you to know, you were strategically placed there among the folk who don't know him. Because he needs your testimony to be there that the closer you get to God, the stranger you're going to seem to them. And when they begin to ask you, the same thing like, well, you ain't acting like you used to act. Or it's something different about you. Don't tell them you got a stomach ache. Tell them you got a heart transplant. And, 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 and let them know of how God has moved in you. You're already going. He just said, go and make disciples. And, and that's what he's urging us to do. That's what he's telling us we ought to do. We ought to do everything we can to empower others to come to know him. Now, you might say, well, Pastor, I, I don't believe like that. But it's his will has to get done. I did a series before going on vacation. You remember this. I'm just going to highlight just a moment of it, and I'm, I, got, I'm, I'm promise you, I promise I'm going to stop, and we'll continue this later. But remember in Matthew 22 when we talked about the great commandment? When he commands us to do what? Love, right. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. When he was walking, talking, living, walking on this earth and everything, Jesus commanded his church to love. That's the great commandment. He called it the great commandment. That's the great commandment. So he commands us to love. It was not the great suggestion. You love if you want to love. No. 
We've come to know him. He said, love him. And the way we evidence our love for how we love him is we got to love others. Yes. Somebody got smart with him, well, who's my neighbor? And he went through his whole story about the good Samaritan. In other words, whoever is in need is your neighbor. So you love particular folk who are in need. But then after he commands us to love, he goes to the cross for your sins and mine. We commemorate that today. Let nails in his hands and nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head. And on the cross, he dies for all of your sins, all of my sins. He dies, they place him in the tomb. He's buried, and early on that third day, he gets up from the grave with all power. After he gets up from the grave and assembles his disciples, then he tells them, I have all power, I have all authority. This is Matthew 28. And then he says to them and says to us, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. He com first he gives us the great commandment, then he gives us the great commission to go. But then, so how much he loves us, in Acts chapter 2, he turns around, well, Acts chapter 1, he turns around and says, I will send you power to be my witnesses. Acts 1 and 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the utmost parts of the world. So he said, you receive power. Acts chapter 2, he sends the power in the person of the Holy Spirit. So he commissions, he commands us, he commissions us, then he empowers us. Now, this is going to be an answer to a whole lot of questions you have about since I've been saved, why is it I'm going through so much? Yeah. Trouble. Since I've been saved. Well, I want you to get on to this. He's, com he's commanded us to love. He's commissioned us to go and make disciples. Then he empowered us to do it. But if you just fail to do it, he has a way of pushing you out there to get it done. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all remember, I, I think it might have been four summers ago when we talked about how Acts chapter 1, 8 says you will receive power. And Acts, Acts chapter 8, 1 is when they finally did what he said do. In Acts chapter 2, the power came. In Acts chapter 3, they were in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 2, they were in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 3, they were in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 4, they were in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 5, they were in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 6, they were in Jerusalem. And added deacons in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 7, in Jerusalem. And at the end of Acts chapter 7, when Deacon Stephen was preaching, they got mad with him and they stoned him. And Saul was consenting unto his death, as we see in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And then persecution, not just persecution, great persecution came upon the church. And then they scattered and went to Judea and Samaria. Where the Lord already told them to go, where they should have gone in Acts chapter 2. Now, now just, just, check, just check your going and kind of figure out what's going on with you. You got saved, and he says, go and make disciples. And we ain't going nowhere. Not to make disciples. We've been going, but not making disciples. So he tells us that we need to go and do this. That's, that's the why behind what we ought to do. He commands us. He commissions us. He empowers us. So we don't 
really have to have great persecution even though persecution can come. You, you, you know, have you ever seen how folk don't, I mean, folk who don't know the Lord or whatever, folk all of a sudden want to really get to know Jesus when really terrible times come? Where else are you going to turn? You don't believe in God. Well, who are you turning to? What are you going to turn to? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust God. Well, what do you trust? You know, it, it's my prayer that Hurricane Dorian miss us, and I hope you're praying the same thing. And, and, and whoever, right now my heart goes out for those folk in the Bahamas. Because they're not might getting a, a, um, a category three or category four. We understand it's a category five. So right now we need to be positioning ourselves to be of help to our brothers and sisters in the Bahamas. Because I think Andrew must have been a category five when it came through Homestead, Florida. And when folk came back to look for the, the things in the house and everything else, they couldn't even tell what street the house was on. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that God has called us, even for such a time as this, to minister to others. And not close up the bowels of our hearts and open ourselves so, so his will can be done. And through whatever tribulation and trials come, folk can come to Jesus even in the midst of their difficult times. Matter of fact, most of us came when we had difficult times. But we ought to make sure we make disciples and not just go and see what's going on. We have been created, commanded, and commissioned to go. Why? Because, lastly, because it's his will. Let me ask a question to the parents. And this is the last illustration I'm going. Parents, let me ask you this. Um, how many parents love it when your children, your child, your children, grandchildren, when they do close to everything you want them to do? I, I, I ain't saying to get it all done, but but they just get in the, in the ballpark, you know. You want them to clean the room. And without a whole lot of fussing, they clean it. You want the dishes washed. You surprised when you get home and the, and the dishes done. You know, your child done that. Your, 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 your children done that. How, how, how do you feel when you, when you tell them how to be responsible? Not do certain things because it could get you in trouble. You know, not be certain places, not hang around certain, you, you know, things you tell them. When they do all the stuff that you tell them and they respond and do it just like you say, how, how, how does it make you feel? Yeah, I mean, they, they get it, they, just like you said, they, they do it just like, very close in the ballpark of what you say it to do. You know, make good grades. They study without you having to tell them to study. You know, they just find make the best grades they can make. How, how does that make you? How, yeah, do, do, do you reward them for that great behavior? Well, let me ask you this. How do you reward them if they don't do what you wish that they would do? I mean, I mean how, do, how do you, 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 reward is the wrong word. When I said, how do you reward them? That's the wrong word. Uh, well, how do you let them know that you're not pleased with what they decided to do rather than what you wanted them to do? 
Yeah. Heads will roll. Consequences will come. Well, I just, I, I just want to leave this with you. We're God's children. And God said, go and make disciples. I said, we're God's children. He said, go and make disciples. He, he wants us to reach the folk that don't know him. Listen, I, I'm, I'm closing, but I'm not finished. I'm going to stop, but we'll continue on later. Our focus has to shift from just the ones we have to those others who Jesus died for that we don't have yet. God is not so much focused on the ones who have come as he is about those who are yet to come. The ones who have come are constantly going to reach the ones who have not yet come. That's his will. That none should perish. That's why Jesus came and died. He died for those who didn't know him that they would come to know him. <clears throat> and that they might have life everlasting going to push us to make some goals for you, for yourself, for your family. Put some numbers to it of the number of folk you're going to reach out and let them know how much God loves them. Now I know a lot of folk don't want to tell folk about Jesus because we're not perfect. They know we messed up. They know we've done things. They know we're hanging out where they're hanging out. But listen, don't hold the gospel hostage to your mess. Yeah. His word is so powerful that, that, that even though you may not have it completely right, but if you love God and you know God loves you, you can tell a dying world about a living Savior. You can tell somebody else, God loves you, Jesus died for your sins, rose from the grave. Listen. You don't have to watch them and make sure that they get all cleaned up and that they're dressing right and they're doing right and all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. You're just a vessel used. Some will plant, others will water, but it's always God that gives the increase. So I'm letting you know now. We're putting some things in place that through our Sunday school, through our Bible study, through our Sunday morning messages, we're going to focus on evangelism in such a way that everybody will know how to share the faith that God has given you with somebody else. We're not going to send you out there. We, we're going to do it. And we're going to set goals Amen. and aspirations for each one of us. Because what I don't want to happen, and I've said this a thousand, I'm sorry, 3,000 times. I don't, what I don't want to happen is that when it's all over here and you get before the judgment seat of Christ, he says to a member of First African Baptist Church, depart from me, I know you not. And you say, wait, hold on. I'm a member of the First African Baptist Church where the Reverend Thomas, don't call my name. Mm. Call Dr. Gilbert, somebody else. <laughs> call Reverend <Mr>. Stokes. <laughs> But I'm so serious about the fact that once we're saved, we should have a desire to cause others to be saved. If we don't have that desire, just recommit your life to Christ. 
is so simple. Just saying, Lord, I messed up. I ain't, I ain't been what I ought to be. Help give me what I need to have that burden for the loss that they might come to know Christ. And lastly, just folk who live in the projects not the only folk lost. Every time we do evangelism, we want to run down to Yamaha and evangelize and over to Cadence Fraser Homes evangelize. Some folk need to go to the landings. Southbridge, some other places where folk don't know Jesus. So when we talk about evangelize, go ahead and talk to your boss about Jesus. Talk to folk all around you. About it. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Right now, if there's anybody here today and say, you know what? I really do need the Lord in my life. I've seen I've come short. I haven't been doing all I should do. I'm going to give you an invitation right now to come. Give me your hand. Give God your heart if you're here today. No matter where you're from, you can be saved right now today. Won't you come today? Those who are watching on Facebook Live, we want you to know God loves you. God cares for you. You can come also on today. You might can't physically walk down the aisle the first half of Baptist Church, but you can right now just pray a prayer to accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. While others decide and while others are contemplating coming and giving me their hand right now, no matter where you're from, you can come to know Christ. The second invitation is for those who already accepted Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, but do not have a church home and would like to unite in fellowship with First African Baptist Church. We invite you to come on today. For those who are watching and you want to accept Christ, pray this prayer with me right now that you can accept Jesus Christ into your heart. If you're watching right now on Facebook, please repeat after me. Hallelujah. Father, I have sinned. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you pray Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.